The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how to invest in wine and how to live below your means. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York... Here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Coming up, one way to start to live below your means. But first, how to invest in wine. Tracy Burns is founder of Wine on the Street, which helps people learn and talk about wine. She's also a former Fox Business Network anchor and Ernst & Young accountant. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Veronica. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, Tracy, you said, but first, before we start talking about investing in wine, we need to first learn how to properly store it. Tell tell us what you mean by that. Yeah. So, um, I also wanted to note that I took over as editor in chief for the Daily Sip for Bottlenotes.com. So, I'm doing a bunch of wine writing now, which right. has really been fun. Oh, nice but, plug. Okay. But, Veronica, so. It, it's really interesting. Like, a lot of people think they can go out and buy a bottle of wine and then, like, put it on the floor of the closet and hope in 10 years it's going to want and appreciate to taste good. <laughs> uh, right? Odds are good it's going to taste like vinegar because it's going to probably be hot and musty in there. And no, it's not. No one's going to want anything, you know, to do with it. So you have to store it, whether it's a, a fridge, whether you even rent a professional storage unit. Make sure the temperature is right. It's usually around 55 degrees. Make sure the bottles are generally lying down um, and, and they're not moved. So, you know... No shaking, no rattling. Make sure that the kids don't climb on it and bang mm. around on it. Like, it has to be kind of like its own little shrine to itself if you really, truly want these wines to appreciate and be worth more from the day you bought them. That's a great tip. And I just want to make sure you said 55 or 65 degrees. 55. So it's 45 to 65. Got it's you. like generally the range. 55 is your ideal. Lower range for white, sometimes higher for red. But figure 55 Five five across the board. Great, interesting. Thank you for that. Now, tell us how do we get started if we want to invest in wine? So I would first, you got to drink it. <laughs> and, and as crazy as that sounds, you really do have to like, I think, what you're investing in. God forbid it does go bad, you're going to drink it. <laughs> um, that's the beauty of it as an asset. But I think one of the things to do is start reading. Read about what people want out there. There's actually an exchange as well. It's called the Livex, L-I-V hyphen E-X. And it's out of uh, London. And they track wines. And the numbers are staggering. It's, I often go to them for information on, how, you know, appreciation of bottles. And the numbers will blow you away. And you'll also notice that the same names keep coming up. There's, like, very big names out of France, big names out of Italy, Slowly, we're starting to see some American bottles really make the appreciation list. Um, a bunch of cult wines out of California, that's for sure. But So get to know it, much like you would study a stock and get to know the company and get to know um, its history. I think you want to do the same for wine before you start to invest in serious cash. That's a great point. Looking at, again, as an investment, I mean, this would probably be a, a relatively small portion of someone's portfolio, right? We're talking like a, a relatively small percentage, maybe a couple percentage points, depending on that person and that investor. I would think. And yeah. I would also think it would maybe arguably be your play money, right? Because right. Stuff can happen. I mean, 
an earthquake can happen and there goes your investment. Sure, I would, I would absolutely recommend you insure it as well if you do have a large collection. And there are people out there with magnificent collections. But even the best of the best, you know, when the, when the um, uh, earthquake hit Napa a few years ago, big houses like, like Silver Oak lost hundreds and thousands of dollars in bottles of wine and nothing you could do. It is broke and on the floor. You cannot recapture that. So, yeah, it's, it's risky. Insurance makes sense for sure. So tell us, where do we get started? Can you give us a few names of some bottles we might want to think about investing in? There's like, they call them the first growths out of France. These are these big chateau houses. People have heard of, in the wine world, maybe Petrus or Petrus, depending on how you say it. Um, Domaine de la Romaine Cante is a French Burgundy producer. Um, his Those wines appreciate, you know, over a five-year period, well over 100%. As a matter of fact, even buy a bottle of 2000, you know, and of course it depends on the vintages, which mm-hmm. is why, again, it takes a little bit of education. Some years are washout, and the wines are not as great, and so people aren't going to buy them. But if you get an amazing year, like, for instance, like 2007 in, uh, in Italy was amazing. 2010 in Napa Valley was amazing. Now, that's a young wine. You could probably get it for a great deal, and you can hold it for a, a while. So there's, this, there's these same names that come up, but I'll give you an example. Um, the Massetto is one of my favorite wines out of Italy. The 2002 Massetto um, has increased over 113% over a five-year period, and the comparable Incredible. S&T percentage increase is about 57%. Wow. So that's, so that's just in a bottle, one bottle of wine. Incredible, incredible. Um, we've got about two minutes left. What last quick tips do you have for folks who are thinking about investing in wine and starting a collection? I think, like, the beauty of wine is, is that... It, you, you buy bottles and you're able to tell a story about it. And, and it's really expensive. And people, people look at it like, it's like you have four heads when you go out and spend thousands of dollars on a <laughs> bottle of wine. But, but one, it's an art. There, there really is. And there's a reason some of these wines are worth as much as they are. I think that, again, on the, on the rare chance you don't sell it, open it and drink it because it's amazing how much time and effort goes into it. I will say on the flip side, be very aware of, China. China has pushed up the prices of French wines through the roof. I think the Italians have done a beautiful job of holding their prices steady over the years and not falling for the run-up that the Chinese would have liked to have seen, I think. So I just think it's like anything else, Veronica, like you're investing in the market, you don't go in blind, pay attention. The beauty here, though, is you'll never take a loss on this bottle because it's nothing else you're going to make, you know, a fabulous meal and pour it. <laughs> and drink <laughs> and it. Just, and well, if you do, opposed to a, a stock that goes to zero. <laughs> that is a really good point. Well, if you decide to do that with any of your bottles, just, you know, give me a call. You have my number. Uh, but this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Tracy. Thank you for having me, Veronica. Anytime. My pleasure. And thanks again to Wine on the Streets, Tracy Burns, for joining us. Coming up, how to live below your means. Stay with us. Hi, this is Kevin Sitzemong. This is Beth Cracklauer. Check us out on the Off-Duty Podcast. We talk about food, cocktails, all of the finer things in life. Check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. And become a subscriber on iTunes. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.
Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Living below your means or spending less than you make may not always feel fun, but if you ever hit a personal financial crisis, you'll be glad you did it. One way to start living below your means is to look at all of your expenses with the eye of a chief financial officer of a company. For every expense, say like your monthly cable bill, ask if you really need it. If you don't need the expense, get rid of it. If you decide you want to keep paying that bill, look for ways to cut the cost. If you do this across the board for all of your spending, you'll start spending less and saving more. Pretty soon, those savings will add up. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Chief information officers, long regarded as technical gurus serving the business, are often today's visionaries, evangelists, and change agents for the business. Join Deloitte's Lou DiLorenzo in conversation with tech leaders who've challenged the status quo, redefining the CIO's role by transforming organizations and industries. Where technology and influence converge, new opportunities and value can emerge. 